welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 56. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, I've been playing a bunch of games, including the new third-person tactical shooter called Rogue Company from Hi-Res Studios. Also, Carrion, where you're a monster and you're trying to escape a lab. Never Song, which is an emotional Metroidvania. And I've been looking forward to Marvel's Avengers, as we have the beta coming up really, really soon. So that's a jam-packed show. Let's get to it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I'm good this week and it's been an action-packed few weeks of games, so I jumped into the Ghost of Tsushima and I'm nowhere near finishing the game as it's absolutely huge, but I am loving what I've played so far. Outside of games, I've been doing pretty well, I've got a week off coming up soon and it's going to be a welcome break as I've been working pretty solidly since February, so it's going to be nice to have a little bit of time off, wind down and recharge those batteries. I'm also currently weighing up travelling home to see some family, but I'll see where we are in a few weeks with the whole Covid situation. It was getting better, now it seems to be getting worse, so it's a bit of a balance. But everyone's in the same situation and I hope you and your family are doing well out there, staying safe and well. So I've been looking forward to Marvel's Avengers, which has got a beta next weekend. Really, really excited about this one. So this one is coming from Crystal Dynamics and Square. And I'll be honest, I wasn't really looking forward to this game, which is strange because it's exactly the type of genre that I really love in looter shooters. However, this past week they showed off their latest explainer in the War Table Showcase, a regular presentation where Crystal Dynamics talk about features. And I have to say, I'm really, really excited. I don't know if they had trouble communicating what this game was before, but now they're communicating it much better and the game looks great. There's a beta running in August across all platforms and I'll get into the details of that later on in the show. Well let's get into what I've been playing this week. So this week I was lucky enough to get invited into the closed beta for Rogue Company, a new third person tactical shooter from High res Studios. When I first heard about this I thought oh my god another shooter, but jumping into this one it's been a lot of fun. So you can check out my thoughts and first impressions later on in the show. I also got my hands on Carrion this week as it's on Xbox Game Pass, so Carrion grabbed my attention with its tentacles during the recent Devolver Digital Showcase and I was excited to give this one a go. I got a review of that one coming up a bit later and Game Pass continues to show how much value it has and it provides to its subscribers. So for me it's $3.99 per month on PC, so really it's a no brainer, it's just about as expensive as a cup of coffee. So to get all these great titles day one, especially indies as well, it's really the best deal in gaming. I did have a look at the best games on Xbox Game Pass not so long ago, but I probably should revisit that as there's been a lot of changes and loads of games added recently. I've also been playing a new Metroidvania called Neversong, and this one comes out from Atmos Games and Serenity Forge. It's a beautiful looking and feeling game and a nice follow-up for having Z from Serenity Forge on the show back in 2019. So shout out to all the folks behind Neversong. The final product is excellent, and we'll get into my thoughts on that game in a little while. But first up in the show this week, I'm looking forward to the Marvel's Avengers beta. So Marvel's Avengers is just around the corner and this could be the next big looter shooter to enter our lives and perhaps take over. Crystal Dynamics this week showed off what we can expect from the beta coming in August, plus gave us a few ideas of the endgame content. 
So reaction to Marvel's Avengers had been fairly lukewarm until the stream this week where we got to see improved graphics and a much clearer idea of the roadmap of content for the post-launch. With live service games like this, they live and die by their content plan. We all know what happened to Anthem and Marvel's Avengers is doing everything they can to make sure they don't go the same way. As well as post-launch content, we got to see a new hero that's going to be added into the mix with Hawkeye. So we've got the full roster now of Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, Miss Marvel, Black Widow and finally Hawkeye. So initially this game was met with scepticism about how Crystal Dynamics could make this into a looter shooter and hype levels certainly seem to be building. UI elements from Destiny look to have been lifted and shifted in terms of armour and weapons but this isn't necessarily a bad thing, Destiny's UI is great. So we're getting a beta in August which is going to be spread across three weekends. It's going to be released first on the PlayStation on August the 7th and then on subsequent weekends on Xbox and PC on the 14th and then the final beta is going to be available for everyone for free on the 21st. The beta looks like it's going to have a lot of content for fans. There's the Golden Gate demo where we've seen before and you get a chance to get an introduction to each character, their abilities and the traversal mechanics. The obvious difference between this and other looter shooters is that each character is fairly unique. You know, in games like Destiny or Anthem, all of the kind of character models and classes, they're pretty similar to be honest, but Iron Man flies and shoots lasers, whereas Hulk jumps around, uses his strength. You know, each character is pretty unique and we'll be able to play through the beta multiple times with each character to get to know our new heroes. So once we get through the Golden Gate section, there's a boss battle at the end with Taskmaster waiting for us and that looks really, really cool. The opening mission lasts about 25 minutes and it's going to be the only time that we're going to get to be able to play with Captain America and Thor in the beta. So it's probably a good idea to make the most of that time that we have with them. Once we're done with the initial quest and the boss battle, things open up with two single player hero stages and then a selection of missions that can either be played solo or as part of a team. So we've got The Light That Failed, To Find Olympia, Missing Links and Help Dr Banner. They're all going to be available as missions. So when these missions are complete, we then get access to four heroes. So we've got Kamala Khan, who plays Miss Marvel, we've got Iron Man, Hulk and Black Widow. And then they can take part in co-op missions for up to four players. There's a couple of game modes available with these four characters and they include War Zones, Drop Zones and Harm Rooms. So War Zones, they're large missions that can be played with a team of AI or four players in co-op. And here, take out waves of enemies, but there's also puzzle-solving elements too, with access to bunkers and collectibles, resources and gear. So there's no duration to these, but apparently in the final game, they could take as long as two hours to complete. Drop Zones, they're short missions taking approximately 10 minutes to complete, and they're quick missions that focus on a specific objective like defending something or controlling a zone. So there's going to be five of these available in the beta, so it's nice and easy to jump in with a few friends if you want a short burst of action. So Harm Rooms, they're holographic augmented reality machines. They're training rooms that allow you to experiment with each Avenger's power against waves and waves of enemies. So there's three Harm Challenge Rooms which you can take on with AI or up to three other friends and enemies come in waves and get harder with each wave, like a kind of typical horde mode kind of thing. During the beta, you're going to be able to earn gear and XP and you're going to be able to experiment with upgrading the skill trees of your heroes. There's also a unique beta nameplate which is going to be exclusive to the beta and you'll be able to carry that over into the main game. So Marvel's Avengers is shaping up really, really nicely. So I've gone from not being very interested in this game at all to super hyped in the space of a week since watching that presentation from Crystal Dynamics and Square earlier on in the week. 
I absolutely love looter shooters and adding in Marvel's Avengers into the mix, a franchise and a set of characters that I'm already invested in, makes total sense. Also, I love the idea of adding in new heroes and Crystal Dynamics have said that content updates are going to be free across the board post-launch, which is absolutely fantastic news, and the first one we're going to get is Hawkeye. So the Avengers beta is going to be spread across three weekends starting on the 7th of August. So the first weekend it goes from the 7th until the 9th of August and that's going to be exclusive to people who pre-ordered the game on PS4 whilst the second weekend that's the 14th until the 16th of August so that is reserved for the people who pre-ordered the game on the PC and the Xbox One. The final beta weekend from the 21st until the 23rd of August is open to everyone on all platforms. There certainly looks like there's going to be a lot of content in the beta and it remains to be seen if they can pull off the looter shooter game well as it's famously difficult to do so. However, based on what I've seen so far I'm pretty excited to jump in. Well next up let's have a look at my first impressions of Rogue Company. So Rogue Company is a new 4v4 third-person hero shooter. It's fast, it's action-packed, and it's a fun time from start to finish. So this is a new game from Hi-Res Studios, creators of Smite and Realm Royale, and it certainly has potential, so if character-based shooting is your thing, then it's definitely worth giving it a shot. One thing that struck me with Rogue Company was the fun factor straight off the bat. There's plenty of shooters out there in the market and it's getting to be a very crowded place with games like Rainbow Six Siege, Valorant and many more getting the audience's attention. And then the second challenge is, so once you've got the audience's attention, is getting them to kind of stick to it and come back for more. So Rogue Company definitely leaves a good first impression with its fast-paced action and always getting you back in there as quickly as possible. So this is a third-person hero shooter where you and three other players head into battle in a variety of game modes. There's a slim story behind the game where the Rogue Company is a paramilitary force made up of agents. However, it's not the story that's going to have you coming back for more. It's the gameplay. And I'm happy to say the gameplay is definitely up to scratch and it gets you hooked nice and quickly. There's a couple of game modes available from the start with Demolition and Strikeout. So Demolition is a plant the bomb style mode where it's the first two seven points and you take turns in planting the bomb and defending. Strikeout is a capture the point mode which is best of five. So both modes suit the third person gameplay pretty well. I found them both fun, although Demolition was my favorite. Rogue Company doesn't really do anything that others haven't done before, but it seems to get that balance right. Before you start each round, you purchase weapons and upgrades, and then you and your teammates jump from your ship down onto the battle zone. When you and your team land, it's time to try and dominate the other team by taking control of areas on the map or going in for the kill. As you progress through the matches, you're rewarded for the kills, revives and wins, and you can invest your winnings back into your character build to make you and your team stronger. So each character has unique weapons, but the choice here is fairly limited. So if you want to run around with a specific weapon, you have to choose that character. The controls feel pretty responsive and not too complicated either. So you've got your standard fire, aim down sights, change weapon as well as jump, crouch and a dodge roll. As well as your standard weapon attacks, you've got abilities too. And these generally range from area of denial, finding out where enemies are and enhancing your abilities in battle. One element of Rogue Company that feels really good is the casual feeling of the game. You know, get on the mic in Valorant, and if you don't know the maps or the callouts, then you're instantly annihilated. It seems different here, you know, it's fast to get into a game, the matches aren't too long, and they're fun and different enough each time to provide you a challenge and a memorable experience. It doesn't take too much time to get into the swing of things, whether you're playing support or an offensive role, 
and I definitely think you're going to enjoy it. Rogue Company is currently available as a closed beta, and you can get access to the beta through drops on Twitch. So much like Hyperscape before it, it didn't take too long for me to get a drop. All you need to do is link up your Hi-Res account and Twitch, and in a few minutes of watching Rogue Company, you should have a drop. Otherwise, you can buy a Founders Pack, although personally, I'd wait and give it a try before you start paying out some money. So this feels like CSGO Lite, but it's got enough depth and potential, so if you want to get really good with the team and go into a lot of depth, then you can. It's entering into a crowded market, but from the time I've spent with Rogue Company, this one could have a shot at success. Well that's it for Rogue Company, and next up, let's check out my review of Carrion. Carrion, it caught my eye the first time I saw it and I knew I would have a good time. It's old school pixel art design, it's a metroidvania, you know, these things are just my bread and butter. It's not all plain sailing from this game though, where you tear through the lab as a pulsating monster, hellbent on finding an escape. So Carrion is a game about a monster trying to escape a research lab. There's plenty of security and scientists here trying to stop you, and there's certainly an amount of joy in taking revenge by disposing of them one by one. And when I say monster, I don't mean something like Bigfoot, I mean a vast blob creature with tentacles and teeth. It's terrifying and yet satisfying at the same time. Movement and feels are some of the great selling points of Carrion. It feels good to move around the screen, throwing out a tentacle here and there to nab an enemy or climb around the environment. The more you consume as the monster, the more you're able to grow and you're able to navigate the environment around you. There's a similar feeling to one of 2019's best games, Ape Out, where you take on the role of a caged beast trying to escape and disposing of everyone who tries to stop you. So this is a metroidvania at heart, there's new areas to find and you need to power up before you can get to them. The key to getting access to the new areas are the switches, and some are nearby within reach and others aren't, and it's your job to get more powerful to activate all the switches so you can make your way to safety. As with other metroidvanias, the key to progression is the power-ups. They're all pretty cool and they change up the gameplay in a new and interesting way, including invisibility, webbing and the ability to grow spikes. As well as the power-ups, there's some puzzles too in Carrion, although they're really not going to provide major barriers to you. At any one time, you have access to three of these powers that you've unlocked, and it's in the combination of these powers to solve puzzles, so you can mix and match and have a play around and see what works for you in different situations. So movement is certainly fun in Carrion, but so is the combat. The powers that you've used previously to flip switches will definitely come in handy in combat, allowing you to take out enemies in more interesting ways as you progress through the game. Scientists and security guards will do their very best to hold you off with guns and other weapons, but they're not really a match for you. You know, this is one of the drawbacks with Carrion, it's fairly straightforward to get through the game. There were only a few occasions that really caused me any trouble on my playthrough. One of the unique elements of Carrion is that there's no map. This is usually a staple in Metroidvania games, knowing where you are and where you have to go and explore. Although here though, we don't have any of that and that can lead to a little bit of frustration. Some players out there may be cheering it that the game doesn't really give you any clear direction, so you can go off on your own path and try and escape any way you can. To others though, myself included, I miss the map and a sense of direction in the game. 
There's plenty to enjoy in Carrion for sure. It's a monster movie lover's dream being able to roleplay as a monster. The combat and puzzles are fun, but there's a few elements missing here that are really holding it back. Now, it's a good game, but it's not great, which is a shame because it really caught my attention on the initial trailer. The good news is though, it's available on Xbox Game Pass from day one, and that's where I played it. So if you're a fan of Metroidvanias, then I'd recommend picking it up and giving it a go. Now, if you've got Xbox Game Pass, then it's a must try. However, I'm unsure as to whether I'd buy it as a standalone game on another platform, and I don't really know what that says about services like Xbox Game Pass, Netflix and Spotify, and what they're you know doing to my brain and my purchasing habits. They certainly do make me weigh up my purchases a lot more these days on other platforms. So the game comes from Phobia Game Studios, and it was published by Devolver Digital. It's available for Nintendo Switch, PC, Xbox, Mac and Linux and originally came out on the 23rd of July 2020. So Carrion, it's a whole lot of fun but now it's time to go over to another Metroidvania in Neversong. So Neversong is a great feeling Metroidvania which mixes fun gameplay, fantastic music and a gorgeous art style with a pinch of darkness in the storytelling. It's heartfelt, touching and sometimes sad, but it's also a memorable gaming experience that you should definitely give some of your time to. Neversong is about a small boy called Pete and he's trying to find his girlfriend Ren who's been stolen away by a mysterious figure. So Pete and Ren were exploring an old asylum when Ren got kidnapped and Pete fell into a coma. When he woke up, the world had changed. So the adults went looking for Ren and when they didn't come back, the kids took over. There's a fairy tale style to the game and this is underlined with the way the narrative is delivered through a literal storybook opening and the rhymes of the narrator. The game takes you across various locations underground and overground on the hunt for Ren. So the game mixes fun gameplay and the narrative very well, keeping you moving through the world and always meeting interesting characters. So one of my favourites was Preston, his love for science and research, but there's many lovable characters in the game throughout Neversong. The game deals with hard-hitting story beats and doesn't shy away from real-life issues. Although the narrative tackles these issues straight on, not pulling any punches, Pete and the array of characters in the games lighten things up, keeping the game moving with humour, excellent animation and uplifting music. But there's definitely a dark undertone here in the game which reminded me of something like A Nightmare Before Christmas. Neversong is a mixture of platforming and a Metroidvania-like mechanics. So you can collect weapons and items and progress including a trusty bat, which comes in handy with dealing with the nasties that roam around the environments. And as you make your way through the levels and unlock new abilities, for example, you've got the magnetic boots that allow you to get to new areas in the game. However, unlike other Metroidvania games, there's no map for reference, but that may be because it's a fairly small game and hard to get disorientated. You don't really need a map as everywhere is very accessible and easy to get to. Along for the ride is your companion bird, a small creature who acts as your navigator, giving you story elements and collecting items for you when they're out of reach. There's a bunch of collectibles in the game like outfits and songs, so you can collect cards in the game from characters that you meet and emulate their style, which is a really nice addition to the game. There's also songs to collect which allow you to unlock new items. So back in Ren's house there's a piano. You have to go out and collect the songs and head back to the piano and see what they unlock. 
Once you get into a new zone, there's normally a puzzle section to unlock followed by a boss battle. So these puzzle sections aren't going to take you too long to figure out, but I found them imaginative and interesting. For example, you have to head down a well in the first area and you learn about Mrs. Richardson. The adults of Left Town have been turned into monsters and Mrs. Richardson is now a big worm that lives underground and is particularly sensitive to certain smells. It's your job then to navigate the underground, solve the puzzles, to collect the scents, to wake up Mrs. Richardson and then engage in a boss battle. And I found the boss battles pretty good fun, albeit not very difficult to get through. So I really appreciated the art style of the game. The characters almost look like they're made of paper. They sit on beautiful backgrounds which are detailed and hide secrets. So Pete's movement in the game is really nice too. He always looks like he's having fun, almost skipping around the screen. And one theme of Serenity Forge's games is, I always enjoy the movement and you should check out King's Bird if you want a perfect demonstration of that. Never Song is no different and it feels great to move around and the controls are really nice and responsive. The music in the game is juxtaposed to the slightly dark storytelling with upbeat music as you wander around towns, underground and meeting new characters. Whereas the narrative can sway into darker territories, the music keeps the game upbeat, light and breezy. And I particularly enjoyed the boss battle music which brought an extra level of tension to those moments. I enjoyed the voice acting in the game also and it added an emotional weight into the game and gave the characters much more life. So I remember playing an early build of this game when it was known as Once Upon a Coma and in the final product Never Song is so much better than that early build and the voice acting combined with the music definitely adds to that. So overall, Never Song is a fun experience with some touching story beats, and if you're a fan of the Metroidvania genre then you should definitely give it a go. It's not too hard and the game itself isn't too long but I enjoyed the time I spent with it. So the game comes from Serenity Forge and Atmos Games, it's available on PC, Apple Arcade and Nintendo Switch and it was originally released on the 20th of May 2020 on Steam and the 16th of July on Nintendo Switch. So I would definitely recommend going out and checking out Neversong. Well that's it for my thoughts on Neversong and next up let's have a look at the all platform charts. So at number 10 this week we've got Ring Fit Adventure, that's up 10 places from last week's number 20. Number 9 this week it's Forza Horizon 4, that's up 3 places from last week's number 12. Number 8 this week it's Grand Theft Auto 5, down 1 place from last week's number 7. Number 7 this week it's Minecraft, that's up 1 place from last week's number 8. At number 6 this week it's Last of Us Part 2, down 1 place from last week's number 5. And number 5 this week it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, up 1 place from last week's number 6. Number 4 this week it's Paper Mario, down 2 places from last week's number 2. And number 3 this week it's F1 2020, holding steady at there at number 3. And number 2 this week it's Animal Crossing New Horizons, up 2 places from last week's number 4. And still at number 1 this week it's Ghost of Tsushima, and another hit from Sony, so congratulations to the team behind Ghost of Tsushima. Well that's it for the charts, and let's look at what we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So we're getting into summertime now so the releases have slowed down a little bit but first up on the 4th of August we've got Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout and that is a whole lot of fun and I'm going to be looking at that on next week's show. Then we've got Hellbound that's coming out on PC and just to go back to Fall Guys that one is coming out on the PS4 and PC. So next up we've got Scully, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Then on August the 6th we've got Brawlhalla, that's coming out on iOS and Android. 
Then on the 7th, we got a couple of games. So we got Fast and Furious Crossroads, that's PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And we got Horizon Zero Dawn, that's coming out on PC. That's going to be a really good one. So if you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn, you should definitely check that one out. Then finally, on the 7th, we got Inertial Drift, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Then on the 11th, we got Hyperscape, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And on the 12th, we got Metamorphosis, that's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then on the 13th, we got Total War Saga Troy, that's coming out on PC. Then on the 14th, we got Deliver Us the Moon, that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. And we got EA Sports UFC 4, that's coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. Well that is it for this week's episode and if you want to get involved in the show you can get in contact through patreon.com forward slash this week in video games or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories, I'm always interested in hearing from you. I'm also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram so search this week in video games on your favourite platform and join in that conversation. Well thanks so much for listening, so for more This Week in Video Games content, subscribe on YouTube and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description, and you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVGpodcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Well thanks again, and I'll see you soon.